Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, a podcast brought to you by Trace Labs. Our mission here is to deliver OSINT for everyone. We hear from community leaders, industry experts, and everyday people about the tools, topics, and techniques that will make your OSINT collection better. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trace Labs podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Angus Red of the Mini Hats Club, as well as founder of Hack South, currently working closely with Missing Children South Africa. Angus, how's it going? Hey, man, it's going, uh, it's going well. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I get to spend my day talking to OSINT people, so I don't know how it could possibly go bad. <laughs> Yeah, interesting, fascinating subject, though. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I actually got to see your talk at Conant, and I knew back then I wasn't even doing a podcast, but I said, if I ever do a podcast, I'm I'm going to bring them on because I've got some questions. Um, you That's gave <laughs> you, you You made a really fascinating point during your Conant talk. Uh, the whole talk was good, but what really struck me was when you mentioned OSINT, from like the job space, whether as a job seeker, as a recruiter, or maybe if you're on your own trying to get clients. Um, I feel like that's, that's the kind of OSINT everyone can get behind. You know, we all need jobs, you know, even if you don't do OSINT professionally, you've still had to get a job at some point in time. So I feel like this is one of those areas where OSINT, it's kind of OSINT for everyone, so to speak. And I think you maybe have some thoughts on it. I love to pick your brain about it. Yeah, sure, mate. So um, I mentioned, I mentioned, I think I mentioned two aspects. So the one, the one was um, the fact that I use open source intelligence to do my work, um, and the second part was in a business development phase, and a, a third one, sorry, was um, looking into the backgrounds of certain candidates and on the other side, clients. So on the first side, you know, doing day-to-day recruiting for me. Um, OSINT or recruiting has helped me uh, do OSINT well. You know, I, I said in my talk also that a lot of us are doing OSINT, we just didn't know it's called, uh, you know, open source intelligence. So, um, you know, my day-to-day is I'm a technical security recruiter. I recruit a lot in the United States, do some stuff in South Africa, the UK, pretty much anyone that will uh, pay a good wage and uh, take care of my candidates. So um, that means I have to look for people that fit a certain um set of qualifications uh, levels of experience uh, educational background certifications and and just general look and feel you know of their professional lives and um <clears throat> what that means is i use a, i use linkedin a lot um and um, i'll use a service on there called recruiter professional services where i will literally burn through um about four to five thousand profiles in a month um and what that means is when I do a search, I I can burn through a lot of people in a very short span of time. Um, a lot of people will say, you know, I'm not spending enough time on each profile because I'm literally, I'll spend two to three seconds on a profile. Initially, I'm just looking for stuff that makes you not be a good candidate. You know, your usual stuff, you know, short stinters, just draw started a job in the last six months. Um, you know, don't meet certain qualifications or levels of experience, like really basic stuff. And I add the people to project and later on I will sift through them. So um, what I found that that helps me do is when I'm doing open source intelligence on missing people, for example, um, when I go through, you know, if I get a foothold, you know, that one Facebook account, I burn through it and many others very quickly. I do very, <clears throat> I do very low level Intel initially to life and I understand my entire attack surface and then I'll go back and I'll look at things in more depth here and things that I found interesting there because if I skip over everything quickly um, I'm able to see a lot of stuff in a very short span of time and that allows me to know that when I go in deep that that little post I see there with a background fitted one of the profiles I saw there so it helps me connect the dots but the, the, in, in summary on that part it, it helps me go through a lot of information in a very quick span of time. Um, the next part from a BD perspective or business development perspective, um, 
you know, how do I have marketing people that send out emails and emails and, and wine and dine people at conferences? No, we, we, we do all of that ourselves. Um, <clears throat> and if I hear of a new interesting company that's got a, you know, a series A funding of like $50 million, so they've got budgets to spend on outsourced recruiting, um, I need to find a way in with them. Me, I'm, I'm surprising them. I'm a terrible salesperson. I, I, my day-to-day life is I sell, I sell one human being to another. Um, you know, obviously in, in a modern sense, I'm selling a skills requirement with, uh, you know, a person that's got that, that skill, you know, I'm matching, I'm, I'm a matchmaker. And, um, to, to, to land a client, you need to, I need to get them on the hook. Now me, I'm really bad at the first phase, you know, the first cheesy stuff like, Hey, I'm such and such. Like, we do this and we do this, and here's an unsolicited link and look us up. I'm a I'm a long game kind of person, so I prefer to get to know someone and know their background. You know, do they speak at DefCon? Do they speak at Black Hat? You know, or, you know what is their handle? Let's let me look up their handle. <clears throat> and what I'm basically trying to do there um, is I'm trying to find, for lack of a better word, I'm trying to find a vulnerability. I'm trying to find something in that company. Firstly, I'm trying to find someone in that company. And then with that someone, I'm trying to find a vulnerability that I can uh, expose. So um, if you were potentially one of my clients or one of the people I'm looking to work with, you know, you and your company, I would look around and I say, okay, you work in recruiting, um, recruiting HR. Okay, that's a good angle, but I always want to typically go for someone that's more like you know, technical lead. Let me look at, you know, um, are the ex-military? Because I'm ex-military, you know, you can see my background, I'm ex-military. So I can use that as a as a common denominator. I can say like, hey, you know, I'm Charles. Uh, I do technical security recruiting. I've um, been doing it for a while now. You know, I can see ex-military. What unit were you? Just to get someone talking because where, where I myself am able to sell is when I get someone talking. If I can get someone on a call, my background, my my work slash efforts in the community, um, my abilities, and my sort of peer review from other clients and recommendations I have, that's what allows me to get a client. But initially, I've got to go find little bits of information on a person to to try connect the connect the dots, you know, to to get that first initial icebreaker. There, that's the word. To get an icebreaker out the way to, to get someone talking. And sometimes that leads to like, hey, yeah, Troy, you know, we need to hire some people. We've been having some troubles. I'm like, look, if you want developers, you want you want ops people, you want help desk people, like that's, I'm not, like, I'm not your solution. You want like hardcore security people, that's what we do. We will just do that and solely that. Um, but yeah, always trying to find a little thing, you know. Am I gonna go look? Am I gonna go massively invasive and, and and like look at like people's Instagram and Facebook? Um, I might dabble in it, but I will literally just I will just skim over it to see like um, like me. I like hunting, and I'll see the person like hunting. Um, now at some point I might drop it in a conversation. Um, but yeah, that I think that that sort of summarizes the BD side. Um, the last thing that I that focused a bit more on my talk was on the the background checks. So because uh, because I'm a middle middleman in the recruiting process, um, I am not employing the person that I am recruiting. Um, I have some plausible deniability in that if that person, I've always I thought about this before and I said, what happens if I help recruit someone for a company, that person gets the company and they become an insider threat and they end up, you know, pointing all their servers to, you know, public IP addresses or doing something daft. Does that not come back to me? And it doesn't. I am, I am a overpriced introducer, finder and introducer of people. <clears throat> so, where where OSINT comes into that is when when with my process when I found someone I send them like an initial message either email or an inbox on 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 LinkedIn basic and I'll just say hey this is me this is what I do I have a client looking for your skill set if you're interested let me know 
uh, they come back to me, great. I say, hey, I'm happy where I am. Uh, unless I have something really, really worth your time, I'm not going to find it, right? So the next phase is I get your resume. I have a quick skim over the resume. Um, and from there, I will set up a call, what's called a clearing call. So I will spend 30 minutes on a call with you. I'll introduce myself, tell you who I am, what my background is, what I do for a living, what our com who our company is, you know, who, who I'm representing. Um, thirdly, then I hand over to the candidate where I'd like to hear their story, irrespective of where they have their profile and their resume. It's always good to have a gang discussion. And then lastly, I'll talk about the future. So what potential viable opportunities to have for them. Um, do some questions and then we make a mutual decision as to whether or not it is something worth them pursuing and whether they are a suitable viable candidate for the position. But if if you start saying things that, that make me doubt what's in your profile and your resume, I will start asking more questions and I'll be frantically Googling at the same time. Um, it, it very rarely happens to me, but if I pick up on something, the candidate, um, what I'm also, what I'm just keeping an eye out is for that, that, that little over the top, that X factor, you know, <clears throat> you know, let me go look at your Instagram. Oh, geez, you're, you know, you're at the Capitol. You're there, you know, they, oh, they're in, you know, in Nancy Pelosi's office. And do I want to send that to one of my clients? I mean, it should, it proves you could be a pretty okay-ish uh, red teamer, but I don't want, I, I need to bring that risk. Um, sometimes if I find something that I think is a bit, um, a bit like, a bit, a bit off, I might inform my client. I say, hey, you know, I, I found this, but you know, don't, I, I don't think it's too much stress about it, but I'll leave the call with you. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just keeping an eye out for, 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 for people of risk. Okay. So it sounds like you definitely do use at least a little bit of OSINT for candidates. What about your clients? Do you ever have to look into the people that you might be working for? I can choose. I choose who I work with. Like I choose my clientele. Yeah, I don't. I don't sign every client that comes along and says, "Hey, we need help with security people." I first make sure that company is worthwhile. And that probably ties a bit back into the BD side and into this. Is that before I sign a company? I look at who's working there. Do I know anyone that works there? Because I'm, I'm fairly well connected. And if I don't know someone who works there, I'll find people that have mutual friends of people that I know that work there. And I'll say, hey, what have you heard about this company? You know, do they look after their people? Do they pay reasonably? Do they pay well? Do they look, you know, what are their benefits like? Do they pay their invoices? Um, you know, I, I get all that stuff because <clears throat> I, I always say that my allegiance is with our candidates and in, in doing that, I give a better service to my clients. So if you're not going to take care of my candidate, that's going to cause a problem for me from a financial perspective. Cause if you leave the job, I'm held liable financially, but if I can stop that happening, like it happens to some of my clients, it, happen, it happens when a client turns bad or you suddenly, you know, you get some people in there and then they start reporting back and saying like, dude, have you seen what's under the trunk here? And then I start hearing stories and I immediately stop sending people there because I, I can't justify sending someone there. If I find someone that I think fits that company to a T, I will tell them, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like I say to everyone, do your due diligence, ask around, ask on people who work there, ask people at the security team, how are they? Because I can't, I can't really tell a candidate like, hey, this company is bad news. But all I do is, A, I stop looking for people for that company and B, I stop sending people there. So, you know, I can then be the filter. I hope, sorry, that was a long-winded answer, but I, I hope that answers the no, that was, oh, man, so many great jumping off points there. Um, so something you said, whether it was this conversation or last conversation, definitely during content, but you, you've mentioned before that so many people do OSINT or have been doing OSINT. They just didn't know it was called OSINT. I think even, your, even, even yourself. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's why like this particular subject we're on is so important. Um, 
to circle back around to something you said, you know, knowing who you're going to be working with, whether that's a job seeker, like, Hey, let me look into this place. I want to work. Or if you're, you know, kind of on your own trying to get clients, you know, knowing who you're working with or who you're working for, you know, as a service provider, um, that's something I think a lot of people maybe don't give a lot of thought to, you know, especially, yeah, I mean, especially if you, if you, if you need a job, you might not be looking too close at, you know, who's interviewing. Yeah. You, you, you know, if you're a job seeker and you've been, you've been down some and you've been struggling, look now isn't, there's a, there's a lot of jobs out there at the moment in InfoSec. I wouldn't say there's as many as there were January, 2019. Uh, but, you, you need to be creative. Like there's this two pieces of advice. I mean, I give let's let's be honest, I give a lot of advice to people that ask for it. Right. Um the one is when you're doing a job application and a job interview cycle, treat every job application like it could be your dream job. Right? Because hindsight is 2020. You could go through this process. You get to technical interview. You haven't researched that company. You haven't looked into who they are. You're just like, who's this company? This four-letter company. Like, I don't know who they are. Like, who cares? Like, if I get the job, I get the job. If I don't, I don't. And you half ask the, the technical screening. And it turns out you failed it because you, you just did terribly. And I come back to me, Mr. Recruiter, that gets the feedback. I'm like... Clients like this person did terribly. They were ill-prepared. They didn't have their stuff ready. They had no interest in the company. They knew nothing about the company. And they did terribly at the technical screening. And it felt like they didn't care. Go back to Kenneth and they go, oh, yeah, you know, things, these things happen. Okay, firstly, if, if you if you fail in an interview, I'm not going to not represent you in the future. If you embarrass us, embarrass me, right, I probably won't represent you in the future, right? That's just being prepared, right? Or being being a businessman. But um, if you if you then you know, go on your merry way and you have other friends that go interview at that company and they get job offers and they're suddenly getting half a million dollar job offers and the company they're joining is amazing and the culture is amazing and they're getting taken care of, then they come back to me and say, hey, I'd like to redo my interviews. It turns out the company's great. I didn't know about it. It's like, well, you had your chance, you blew it. Like, um, you know, you're not gonna, they're not going to interview again after two months. They're interviewing a lot of people. Maybe in a year's time or two years' time, sure, they'll give you a run. But if you left the bad taste in their mouth, they're not going to want a second bite, you know. Um, so going back to the original thing, like the job applications, I used to be a contractor before I understood anything about InfoSec and privacy. I would send my resume, my scan of my passport, my licenses, my certifications. I send like a 30, 30 different attachments on an initial email to a security company going, hey, I heard you're looking for maritime security guards or anti-piracy specialists or you know, you're looking for machine gunners or surveillance specialists or signal specialists. Um, and I would apply to any job I could find that sounded half legitimate and the company had some form of a pulse. Um, when the process, interview process started, I would do more due diligence to make sure, do these people, what do these people pay? Because it's not like you have these conversations about offers and job offers and like compensation. It's like you call a guy on the contract, like, hey, dude, what's the rates? And he goes, team member, 250, team leader, 350 Coxwain 275 medics 450 there's no there's no negotiation that's the rates do I pay and you ask do you pay double tax yes or no and then you know what you're going to get paid at the end of the month so what what I try advise people is um it sounds counterintuitive especially if you're looking for a job and you haven't got a job I always say much easier to look for a job when you have a job is that you have to be a bit more meticulous in what you're doing. When you when someone sends you a job spec, don't just read it and go smash. Um, I got this in the resume, cover letter. Who cares? Like, I'm just going with it. 
that comes into applicant tracks an applicant tracking system and everyone looks exactly the same until we open your resume until we see more of your stuff uh, different companies do their applicant tracking systems in a different way but you on that first initial application you need to impress whoever's going to look at that thing first so why i say that is take take extra 10 minutes on a job application who is this company what is important to this company what what problems are they trying to solve look look around and say do i know anyone that works at that company oh geez um you know tracy that used to work at you know facebook where i worked is now working at the same company right so what do you do then you take your time you're meticulous with the application you do application and then you go on linkedin you find your old colleague tracy that hopefully you bought a coffee once in a while for that you were nice to and you go hey tracy i see you're at acme software engineering yeah like hey man i just put an application like i'd love to join the company um not saying you know you need to help me but you know if you if you could drop a word with hr and tell them i applied like that would be great um it sounds laborious and yes maybe you're only going to get a small handful of applications out the way in a day but i have seen i have i have seen some pretty dire applications you know that's what on, on, on the many hats club some of the people gave me the role the nickname destroyer of dreams because i am literally a gatekeeper, professional gatekeeper. I have to make a a I have to make a call on whether I think my client wants to see what you have. And I'm 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 always in the mindset of if in doubt, send it, right? You know, on a candidate's abilities, I'm like, ooh, you know, this is gonna make it, but you know, maybe like person makes up from another place i'll send them if you don't make it i'm going to tell you straight up like look this is this kite isn't going to fly but doing a bit of research on who the company is who works there right find some common ground again like you do in bd you're probably going to have more favorable odds that being said and a separate aspect to osint is if you have a terrible resume you're not going to get a good job that doesn't mean it's not necessarily content. Like you wouldn't believe it, but layout matters like a lot. If I see a terrible resume, I am far less inclined to read it and review it. And people can throw flack at me for that. That's just the case. And the reason is if you're interviewing for a pen testing job, what's one of the biggest important jobs a pen tester does? Write reports. If you can't format a Word document that looks pleasing on the eye and reads well, i.e. your resume, one of the most important documents you have, how can I expect you to write a good report? Yes, I know reports are very different from resumes, but you have people that can help you. You can even, people, I, I message, people message me a lot and say, hey, can I get a resume review? And I go, sure. I have a PayPal. People can make donations and I, I spend it on Hack South and stuff like that. But um, it's like, there's, there's very little excuse for that. But yeah, sorry, I, I branched off there, but uh, <laughs> I think it all sort of ties in. No, I think um, <clears throat> another important OSINT topic that plays into what we're speaking about here is being meticulous, being mindful, because a, what separates a good investigator from a great investigator is the details. You know, yes. from a from an OSINT point of view, anyone can go find me on LinkedIn or anyone's going to be able to with, you know, that spends more than 10 minutes is going to find my Twitter. They're going to find, you know, my personal website. They're going to find my GitHub repo like that's a, a good investigator is going to find that a great investigator is going to track me down in the Trace Lab Slack. They're going to run a search of every public message I've ever posted to the Trace Lab Slack and now they're going to get a much more in-depth picture of just me with Trace Labs. Or they're going to do the same thing on my LinkedIn posts. Or they're going to find, you know, things I did when I was in college. Like, it's those little details that separate good investigations from great investigations. And I think the same applies to resumes and job seekers. 
it 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 is the I can't stress this enough. It is the little things that count. Like me, I consider myself an average O-center, like low to mid, right? Yes, you know, I've I've done trace labs with a team uh, four times now. The first team I did it, okay, 45 minutes into my first trace lab, someone broke into my parents' house. They just locked down the country like three days ago. So there's army and police everywhere. So 45 minutes into the first trace labs, I had to drive two hours to go secure my parents' house. Um, but, you know, 57th, I think it was. And the last one we did, we came third. <clears throat> so um, I learned a lot of things, you know, shout out to the people on TMHC, you know, Viking and Rag and Stew and Sticks and, the, the you know, Alan and the lot that got me into all the stuff that taught me there was a name for the research that I do. Um, I have not, I have not, people always ask me like, hey, can you teach me to OSINT? And I'm like, sure, I'll teach you what I know. And they go, what tools do you use? And I say, a browser. Firefox. <laughs> people, are, people are obsessed with what tools do you use? I, I, honestly, maybe it makes me bad, but I don't use any tools. Um, I know there's a place and a point for it, but it, 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 it adds little value to me, right? What I'm good at, and what I mentioned earlier was I'm able to go through a lot of information, skim through it very quickly so that I can identify, I'll say the attack surface. And when I look through what I believe were your alt accounts, I remember your main account and I looked at, I've ran through the photos and I remember a couple of them, right? When I go through alt and I want to link the two to corroborate it, I'm able to do that very quickly. Like I, I found with Trace Labs, like uh, <clears throat> the the there's there's a certain there's a certain key things that a lot of teams fail at, and it's like it's it's nothing to do, it's nothing to do with how they're finding the information, really. It's it's how do they manage the team? How do they lead the team? How do they manage their submissions? How do the you know understand the points? I did an article on the on the Hacksaw uh, website about it about us us coming third and there's just little key things that we do and we get right but yes back to the thing i'm i personally what makes me good is i'm able to look at a lot of information in a very short span of time and then i just corroborate as soon as i can find one thing and when i say one thing i don't mean same name on this account and same name on that account in the same town that's not enough for me i have to find more than three mutual friends. I've got to find a photo that you use there to link there. Um, I think that that's the that's the, the, the key for me in relation to that. Yeah. Um, so to maybe flip it just a little bit from a job seeker's point of view, like we all need to be cognizant that this is happening. Um, so you know that this delves maybe more into the opsec, but I mean. If, if anything, doing OSINT on other people or other organizations should improve your personal operational security. Um, any advice yeah. for, you know, job seekers? Like if you're actively looking for a job, you might want to. The, uh, the, uh, the, the thing is this, right? Um, the first thing I would say is, uh, I mentioned this earlier, is like if, if, if you get an interview with a company, use open source intelligence to do your research. I remember my first interview at the army, I went with a company called MAST, M-A-S-T. They were just down the road. I was in the regiment called Three Para, right? Third Battalion, the Pressure Regiment. And they started calling MAST uh, Five Para, which is a regiment, a battalion of our regiment that doesn't exist because the whole regiment was leaving and joining this massive maritime security company at all these contracts when i said on the interview and they asked that question what do you know about us i was like and this is once again doing OSINT without knowing it's OSINT. i was like right this is your company name this is your ethos you have offices here 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 these are the addresses i said you studied at cambridge you studied here this is what you studied you served in this regiment you did this you did that and they were like whoa, whoa, whoa. okay stop that up. that's enough now being ex-military they're ex-military 
it, it was a bit, it wasn't, I wasn't not using anything that's not public available, but it, it worked in that situation. What you don't want to do is say something like, say to the interviewer going, wow, you really have your stuff locked down, your Facebook locked down or something like that. You don't want to say anything that comes across as creepy, even though you mean, uh, you know, your, your privacy settings are set extremely well and high. You, you want to do your research and then give that information up until the point where you're asked to like stop or like that's enough. Um, but you don't want to, you don't want to tell the director of a company like, oh, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I see your daughter goes to this university and is in the cheerleading team. Like that is like too close. Um, away from the negativity, you know, before an interview, find out who you're interviewing with, look them up, look them up on LinkedIn, see what their backgrounds are, see what university they went to, where they worked before, because you might find one of the companies they worked for before, you had worked with before, or uh, someone you know very well, that trusts you very well with a company, you know, you can, it's always, it's, it's all about linking needs to, to demands and, you know, common, common, common ground. Um, do your research and, 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 and present that in the interview. Uh, further, further to that, um, I mean, it's tricky, man. Like uh, hunting, hunting a job is not fun. I've been a contractor. I, I was a contractor for six years. And when you're on contract and you're making dollars, it's all, you know, it's all good and merry. And when you're out of contract, it's bad. You know, you got one more wage coming in. You got nothing coming in after that. You know, you got a daughter. You got, a, you know, you got kids. You got mouths to feed. You got rent to pay. Um, it's tricky, but I think with using some basic, basic OSINT, you you can help improve your odds. Now, as far as the OPSEC thing goes, it's <laughs> you're a job seeker. You've been out of work for a long time. You, your duty or your job now is to be found. So you want to make yourself easily found, but you also have to think about your 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 OPSEC to some extent. So I my uh, LinkedIn profile picture is very it resembles me very well, but it is not me. Yes, you go down my profile and you'll see some of these photos, right? Some of my military photos of my time in, uh, in Sierra Leone and Mozambique and whatnot. So that's not good um, object. But for me, my job as a recruiter is to be found. I need to be found by candidates. I need to be found by clients, right? And I need to look the part. Um, it's it's mate, it's a it's a tricky conversation to have about OPSEC I think, and being a job seeker. No, I think you, I think you've hit on something really important that, especially people in the security community, it, it might be a bit counterintuitive. So, if you're thinking about yourself from an OPSEC point of view, like understanding that you're trying to be discovered, you're trying yeah. to be found, um, isn't the first thing that comes to a lot of our minds. Like, you know, the first thing that always comes to my mind is no, I'm trying to hide that. I'm trying to reduce <sighs> that attack surface, but which is fine. But yeah. Then you're not, <laughs> but then I'm probably not going to get all the saucy <laughs> jobs that I send. <laughs> No, so I think um, I think that's a really interesting conversation. Understanding that recruiting, to a certain extent, is an OSINT investigation, and if you're looking yeah. for a job, you want to be found. But we do full touch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we do a lot of touching. Uh, sorry, another thing I wanted to add to the OPSEC. You know, yeah. uh, it's something you, you mentioned now that that ticked the box in my head. One thing that people need to think about, especially if they do consulting, either as an independent pen tester or security consultant or working for a consulting company, is I know you're proud of who you've done testing for, but do not put it on your profile, right? A lot of my clients pride themselves on privacy and they pride themselves on keeping the information of their clients private. No one's going to be impressed to look at your resume, or they look at your your resume is kind of like it's 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 not so problem there because it's it's a bit more secluded, 
right? You only send in the people that ask for it, that you can trust to some extent. But if you go in your profile and you say, pen testing, I've consulted for, let's say Fortune 50, Fortune 4, Fortune, I don't care, that's fine. But you can't say Walmart, Target, uh, Gap, Google, that that says to me, you, you're not respecting what what most likely was an NDA. All right, so that's, sorry, that was just something I thought about that I wanted to add. That's good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of the the flip side of, you know, the the entire like trying to be found coin is also being mindful of what you are sharing. You know, the idea of a resume or a LinkedIn profile is to, you know, build your own brand, you know, to advertise for yeah. yourself. But you you want to be cognizant that you're not doing that at the expense of of something else yeah. or at, at the expense of some NDA you, you forgot you signed four years ago. Yeah. Look, it, 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 it's, it's such a, it's such a, it's a, it's a complex, it should be a simple thing, but it's quite a complex thing to talk about. Like some people will, you go on their, you go on their profile and it will just be redacted at redacted, right? If everyone, your job titles and the companies you worked for is redacted, the content within those where you put your little bullet points is redacted. Like, is there any point for you being on this, on this website? Like you got to think to yourself, right? There is, it doesn't detract value from you as a candidate. I mentioned this at ISOCON. It doesn't detract from your value as a candidate who you've worked for, right? But it can add value. Am I going to look at a security engineer from a small bank in the US, the same way as I look at a security engineer that's been at Google for four years? <laughs> no, right? So you gotta, you gotta think to yourself, do, do I list the company I work for or do I not? You don't have to, but I'm probably gonna notice. I, I know I've got a good grip on who the players are in the US, the big players are, right? And I keep an eye out for those brands. I keep an eye out for, for, for MIT. I keep an eye out for Johns Hopkins. I keep an eye out for for Georgia Tech, like these, the, the, you know, the, the the decent sort of tech universities, um, amongst others. Um, if I see Carnegie Mellon, what's the first question I ask him? Were you any chance involved as PPP? Um, things like that. You, it, you've, you, you've, you've, you literally, you just got to decide. Like, if you're looking for a job, like you got to commit to it. Like, put your stuff out there. Blah, blah, blah. If you get a job. Right, and you don't want to be spoken to for the next two years by a recruiter. Shut down your privacy things. Switch off your emails. There's a way you can switch off that I can't send you emails. There's a way you can hide your profile. You know, you can hide certain content in your profile. Like, you can hide yourself, but it, it, it's once again, it's a balancing act. Do you want to get a bunch of messages, of which 98% are going to be nonsense, or do you want to accept those 98%? nonsense in mails in the hopes of getting that 2%, those high paying roles with great companies with flexi hours, unlimited P PTO, you know, the health dental vision at no cost, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna stand in the way of that. Um, it's, yeah, it's, you got to make your own decision on that. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you're a job seeker and you're hopefully doing some OSINT on a potential employer, in your experience, are there any like red flags or anything, any three or four bullet points you'd probably always want to look into when researching an employer? Yeah. Um, look, LinkedIn has tools that can help you with this, um, but I think they're paid. Um, you, there's a way you can look at the attrition rate of a company's uh, um, personnel turnover. If people are spending less than a year, multiple people spending less than a year at a company, that's something to think about. Uh, if you see they have a team of, this is like the tricky thing and you've got to, there's, there's a lot of gray areas around what I'm saying. If you see they have 30 open security jobs um, and they have a team of 10, it's important to understand in the interview process is this growth or replacement, right? You can say, Hey, I know a lot of people in security. Uh, maybe I can send you some names. 
then they'll tell you if those positions are growth or replacement. I growth is a new position, replacement is someone left. If someone's personnel turnover is high, that is something you want to look at. It doesn't necessarily mean if the, if the personnel turnover is high, there's a bad company. It might just be, um, it might be something else. A lot of times the company has a very strong culture, like a hacker culture. People from the ex-military don't tend to like that, right? So people join in, they leave, right? These things happen with all companies. Um, what you want to do though, when you interview process, you want to, you want to ask the questions. And you know, there's this thing saying, you know, when you interview, always ask questions. If no one asks me a question during a call, I don't care, right? You're not getting a job with me, but you have to ask the company questions. But don't ask a question to take the, hey, this person asked a question type of question. You, you need to ask things about the company that matter to you. What is the culture like? And if you don't like the answer, say, is there any chance during the interview process that I could have an informal chat with who someone who might be one of my peers, right? Or someone that joined the company in the last three months. Most companies will be okay with that. Um, I think look is Google the company. Um, once again, you might see stuff that the per company has lawsuits against them. You might see that there is unionization. You might see, and this not, that's not going for or against unionization. I don't, I'm not, I don't know what, how that, all that stuff works, right? But um, you might read bad things in the press about this company, right? About how they paid someone or that, you know, you could like, like uh, ride share type companies or uh, uh, what do you call, I don't know what you call it, not e, not e commerce, like, uh, like gigs, like the gig yeah, economy. Like, ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where um, you get a company that is uh, the tips that people give these consultants uh, are being factored into their base wages instead of being a separate thing, right? And now that mustn't make you go, well, oh, Jesus, isn't a company I want to join. But that should form part of a question that you ask the company, like, I read this, I didn't quite like it. What has the company done to fix this? Right? What does that help you do? It helps you understand how the company solves problems. Um, if you can find the finances of the company, I don't know, I don't know how things for IRS work, but in, in, in the UK and I think in South Africa, you can see publicly limited, publicly limited, a privately limited company, you can see their books, like a very basic version of their books to see like money in, money out. Um, it's, it's important to understand those things. If I, I do not, I never want to warn a person joining a company, a small company, like a sub 10 person company, because this is maybe a bad analogy, but Google used to be less than 10 people. Facebook used to be less than 10 people. You know, most of these tech companies were less than 10 people. Um, I almost feel like you need to do the same amount of research for a 10,000 person company that you do for a 10 person company, right? Each has its benefits and its drawbacks, but definitely do your research. Look at what you can uh, Glassdoor is a website called Glassdoor. Um, I think it's the the Yelp of HR. Um, there's some good information on there, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry that had a bad time at the interview at this company is going to write a nasty review. People are less likely to write good reviews about a good interview. So don't take everything as the gospel. Take it with a pinch of salt. But if there's too many things looking wrong, you, you need to start going in other channels to get more information. Once again, find people that did work there, that are working at other companies, just message them and say, hey, I'm interviewing this company, why did you leave? A lot of people are very okay with submitting that kind of information to someone else. Um, if they say no comment, they say no comment, but there's many ways and means that you can research into that company and whether they are good or whether they are bad. And that being said, with all that research and all that OSINT, you might join the company and they are better than you expected, or you might join that company and they are terrible. It's, it's, 
it's a roll of the dice. I've I've represented quite a few people um, over the last four years. Um, I will hardly, I will never message someone that's just joined a company. I think, I think it's pointless. Sometimes I'll just ask, like, if they started with a company, I have an eye on to do BD with. I'll say like, hey, I see you joined. I see you joined Zoom. Zoom's on my target list. I see you joined Zoom. It's like, what's it like there? What's the culture like? You know, you're getting, getting you know, ass worked off into the ground in 60-hour weeks or like what's cooking? A lot of times I'll tell you. Right? Then I add it to my research. Okay, you know, they, you know, everything's looking good. Okay, Ooh, they're growing more. They're looking for this. But in the end of the day, you're just going to have to roll the dice. But hopefully you have more intelligence in your back pocket to make that call. There's this, what I was saying over the last comment was there's nothing, something, it's, it's, it's a red flag as a candidate, but there's not necessarily something monumentally wrong with joining a company and they're looking for another job. Because what's the, what's the usual reason is the job I interviewed for is not the job I got. So that's a, a lesson for companies. A lot of companies mess that up. The, they, they, they question, the questions and the interview cycle is going in this track. And when they join the company, you know, interview for infrastructure security engineer job. And when they get the job, they're doing tickets. That's like, that wasn't the job I interviewed for. And people get, people's industry are, I don't want to say spoiled, but, um, this industry pays very well. If you follow the right career path, you can do very well. Um, and it's both for choice. In South Africa, if you're if you do a certain job and you don't like the job anymore, like your options are limited, especially right now. Yeah, I think we have 52% unemployment at the moment. So understand the opportunity you have and go with it. I've worked many jobs in my life that I hated. But at the end of the month, I had a pretty decent bank balance that I could make create happiness for myself at home. So you've got to you've got to weigh up all these things. Yeah, I think that's maybe my biggest takeaway from our conversation has been, and again, it goes back to OSINT, whether it's people OSINT or business OSINT. Doing the OSINT, anyone can do it. Almost anyone can Google and find information on an employer. Anyone can go on Glassdoor. These aren't like top secret databases you're accessing. It's all right there on the internet. But knowing what to do with that information and connecting those dots can take a bit more experience. So actually understanding that, you know, Glassdoor reviews are probably written by disgruntled people. Now, it could be justified, but also understand that there's there's there, there's a certain... Um, tint to the person posting on Glassdoor or, you know, if you're researching financials, you know, understanding, okay, their stock, their stock's up 14%. Okay. Why, you know, is that because of all these amazing things they're, 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 they're doing, or is this like their last big hurrah or Hey, stocks down. Okay. Well, were they investing in infrastructure and technology and then it's going to bounce back up or, you know, just really taking that in that investigative angle and seeing all the dots and then trying to make reasonable correlations and reasonable connections. That's been like my, my big takeaway from our conversation. Yeah, I think, I think that's accurate. It's, it's, uh, man, it's, 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 a, it's a tough thing, right? So you're really stressed out because you're looking for a job. You're looking at all this information. It, I always say like, if you do any level of OSINT, you know, that's why in my talk, I said, you know, the, uh, you know, so you so you had a taste and you don't like it. Like at least you've gained some knowledge out of it, a bit of experience in how to do things a bit differently, to be more mindful and more aware. But doing doing your research will always you'll you'll always be more informed to make an informed decision, right? It 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 will always add value, irrespective of the kind of information you get and to what degree you get. Like you're not going out doing I in a company, you're not gonna to want to get a phone list of everyone in the company. Like what's the I'm sure there's value in that, but there's no value in you, for you as a candidate, it'll probably stand against you. So um, do do the best you can, ask the right people the right questions, 
and and try build a total picture. Um, if something feels right, it should be right, and if it feels wrong, it, it probably is wrong. You know, you've got to you got to think of those lines. You know, that when um, I saw a movie uh, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, where the CIA director says, you know, is is Bin Laden in this compound? Can someone tell me 100? percent And uh, the the woman that that helped find him says, you know, we're an intelligence agency. We deal with probability. Like I, we, I, we know nothing is 100% ever. So if you if you feel it's good and you make a call to join that company and it turns out bad, don't think to yourself, you know, I'm a fool for not seeing this or realizing this. You know, you have options. Put yourself back on the market. Be found on LinkedIn. Move on to another job. Don't include that job on your resume if you don't want to or your profile. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be all right. Well, I have certainly learned a lot. Um, this is obviously a broad subject. We couldn't cover everything in one episode, but I feel like Angus did a pretty good job. Uh, Angus, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, the best place is probably Twitter. I am on there as at Angus Red Blue. Um, there's an at Angus Red that uh, I'm trying to get. Uh you can find me on LinkedIn, Charles Heinroth. Uh, Charles A is my father. Um, and then also on GitHub under Angus Red. And if you want, uh, check out the Hacksalt website. We're posting uh, blogs on the, on the weekly and trying to feed information back to the people. Very good. And we will include those links down in the show notes. Angus, thanks for taking some time out to spend a day with me and talk OSINT and job seeking. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I wish you the best of luck. And uh, I'm a very big fan and very big supporter of Trace Labs, and looking forward to the next one. All right. Thank you. This has been another episode of Breadcrumbs. If you'd like to learn more about the organization, you can find us at tracelabs.org. Find us on Twitter, at Trace Labs. But if you really want to find us, just follow the breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs.